This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Eves. Welcome to This Day in History class, a show that reveals a little bit more about history day by day. Today is April 17th, 2019. The day was April 17, 1917. After seeing many patients with varying symptoms, including lethargy and odd eye movements, Romanian-Austrian psychiatrist Constantin von Economo announced the probable spread of a viral disease at a meeting of the Vienna Society for Psychiatry and Neurology. The disease, which was spreading all over the world, became known as encephalitis lethargica, or epidemic encephalitis. The so-called sleeping sickness put many people into a deep sleep and often resulted in death or post-encephalitic Parkinsonism, a progressive neurodegenerative syndrome that develops after encephalitis. While the epidemic was in full swing in the late 1910s and 1920s, the number and types of symptoms increased rapidly. There were similar illnesses that popped up around the world before the encephalitis lethargica epidemic started in the early 1900s. For instance, African sleeping sickness, which garnered attention in the late 1800s, has symptoms like sleepiness and apathy. And there was a disease known as La Nona, which was a post-flu complication characterized by somnolence that was prominent in Northern Italy and Central Europe in 1889 and 1890. Somnolence just means a person feels sleepy or drowsy or sleeps for a really long time. But the earliest reports of people affected by the encephalitis lethargica epidemic are from 1916, when much of the world was occupied with the First World War. In fact, the troops' march across Europe during the war likely helped spread the disease quickly. In France, doctors saw soldiers who had fallen into a deep sleep. And while Dr. Constantine von Economo was working at a psychiatric neurological clinic in Vienna, he began seeing patients with strange variations of neurological symptoms. They had been diagnosed with conditions like meningitis, multiple sclerosis, and delirium, but those diagnoses didn't quite seem to fit the bill. They had malaise, fevers, trouble with their eye muscles, and a lot of them had lethargy. So Von Economo figured all these cases stemmed from a sleeping sickness. Once many of the affected patients began dying, he realized how urgent the need to study the condition was. Not long after the April 17th meeting, he described the disease in an article titled Encephalitis Lethargica. He said patients would get headaches and malaise, then somnolence. Those initial symptoms could become chronic and lead to a coma, or a recovery would eventually happen, or the patient could die. French physician René Cruchet also saw patients with similar neurological symptoms, and he distinguished their condition from previous cases of encephalomyelitis, or inflammation of the brain and spinal cord. Crochet published an article on the disease around the same time as von Economo published his. Since the disease was causing mental and behavior changes, many people did not believe it could be caused by a virus. At the time, people believed things like trauma caused mental illness. And the 1918 flu pandemic 
which ended up killing at least 50 million people, was a medical crisis that demanded a lot of attention. So many people weren't really convinced by Von Economo's proposal at first. But the encephalitis lethargica epidemic was getting worse. Some patients were sleeping for months, and others were dying of exhaustion. The disease was spreading to children who were losing impulse control and becoming violent. The Neurological Institute began funding a lot of the research of the disease. Encephalitis lethargica cases reached epidemic proportions in Vienna in 1917, then in France and England in 1918. By 1919, it has spread throughout most of Europe, Canada, the U.S., Central America, and India. The epidemic peaked in 1920 and 1924 and continued into the 1930s. People who developed Parkinsonism required long-term care. Researchers attempted to discover the cause of the disease and find a vaccine, but no treatment or cure came of that work. When the drug levodopa began to be administered to patients with Parkinson's in the 1960s, it was also given to some patients with encephalitis lethargica, but treatment wasn't successful. In the 1927 publication Epidemic Encephalitis, Encephalomyelitis, L.M. Kraft said the following, Its dramatic advent on a war-torn world, its rapid diffusion to all continents and the islands of the seas, its striking and characteristic pathological picture, its astonishing masquerade in the guise of a myriad of other diseases, its remarkable shifts of group types in succeeding years of its recurrence, and its almost unforetellable course in any individual case has no parallel in the entire field of medicine. And it is doubtful if any plague has ever been visited upon humanity that has claimed so many victims, has so completely covered the earth, and left so many maimed and crippled wrecks in its wake. After 1940, cases of encephalitis lethargica were only sporadic. During the epidemic, the disease may have killed half a million people and affected more than a million, though the true number of people afflicted is unknown and overdiagnosis was likely. Today, exactly what causes encephalitis lethargica and how it spread is still a mystery. It's likely not caused by the flu, which many people have fought over the years, and it's been linked to streptococcal infections. Though only symptoms of the disease can be treated with medicine, there has been some success with steroids, anti-Parkinson drugs, and electroconvulsive therapy. But because scientists don't know what causes the disease, it's hard to say whether it will make a comeback or how to prevent another epidemic. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to learn more about the disease and its spread in the early 1900s, listen to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called Encephalitis Lethargica. Get more notes from history on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back tomorrow for more delicious morsels of history.